The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes only. Individual legal situations vary greatly, and viewers needing individual legal advice should consult directly with an attorney. Eligible ATPE members may contact the ATPE Member Legal Services Department. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE Podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE Podcast. My name is David George, and I serve as the editor for ATPE News Magazine. In this episode, we're going to be discussing First Amendment rights for educators, specifically how much protection do teachers legally retain in schools and in other public forums. We are joined today by Jeff Kelly, a staff attorney in the ATPE Member Legal Services Department for the past seven years. And for a little background, Jeff serves as an on-call attorney, taking calls daily from members and answering email inquiries through our Member Legal Services Intake System. We are happy to finally get you on the podcast, Jeff. Glad to be here. Thank you. First Amendment rights are a popular subject for debate in so many contexts. How would you describe, in simple terms, what First Amendment rights are and how they apply to educators? Well, first off, the First Amendment states that Congress, and that now means all of the government, cannot pass laws that either establish a religion or prohibit the free exercise of that religion. It also protects the right to free speech and assembly and provides a right to do things like file a grievance to ask for redress from the government. And the First Amendment context, you'll often hear people paraphrase court decisions and state that the First Amendment doesn't disappear when you walk into the, through the schoolhouse doors. And that's true. The First Amendment is still present. But the First Amendment's never been absolute. There are limitations on it. So the courts have allowed laws that restrict sometimes where speech can take place and then certain limitations on the speech itself. So, you know, threats are actually illegal. And I think that teachers are uniquely impacted by the First Amendment just because of the nature of their role. So figuring out and doing the First Amendment analysis for their situation is a bit more complicated than it is for just the average person. So there are situations where, you know, a teacher may think that their rights are being violated, but because of the nature of their role, people think that the teacher is violating their rights as well. So there's multiple parties involved and multiple perspectives that we have to take into account. And then the court decisions aren't always as clear as we'd like them to be. What is it about the teaching profession that complicates the discussion? In other words, why do educators have these limitations on their right to free speech? Well, it's really the nature of the teacher's role and how they are situated with respect to everyone else. So they are an individual. They are also an employee. Their employer is a state agency. And then because of that, they are sometimes actually seen as part of the government by other parties. So the easy First Amendment analysis is you have an individual who states an opinion and the government punishes them. So in that sort of situation, the First Amendment is pretty strong because they have the right to do that in general. Now, it's not, again, absolute. There are certainly limitations. When you get into the employment context, the courts give a lot of deference to an employer, that they have some rights to limit what their employees say or to direct them to say certain things. So that's part of the reason that teachers can be directed to follow a certain curriculum or be disciplined if they use foul language or something along those lines. Um, the analysis is a bit more complicated when we have a government entity as the employer. So that can factor into it as well. And then like I mentioned, there's also the aspect that because 
they're working as part of a governmental entity, that for the students and parents, they would actually argue that the teacher represents that governmental entity. And so they would actually argue that you know, what the teacher is doing is infringing on their rights in some cases. So there are going to be situations where a teacher is arguing that the district is limiting and infringing on their First Amendment rights, while simultaneously the parent is arguing that the exact same actions by the teacher infringe on their child's First Amendment rights. So it can get pretty complicated. So what are some common misconceptions people may have about the First Amendment in schools? I mean, I think the big part is about that, the nature of the teacher, that it's not the simple analysis that we normally hear about. You can say what you want and they can't limit that. When you're in the employment context, there are going to be some limitations. Uh, I would actually want to point out also, there was a recent case that I think may have actually increased some confusion, especially right now. Uh, when it comes to things like the use of or ex experience of religion in schools. And that's the Kennedy Bremerton decision. And it got a lot of press. Uh, and there was a lot of writing in the lower courts, in the media about the public nature of the prayer of the coach involved. In that case, a coach had been praying after football games. Uh, he eventually was dismissed and he fought saying that, no, I had the right to do this. And so like I said, all the writing and most of what most of us read was about how public these prayers were and the controversy around the situation. But if you actually read the Supreme Court opinion, the court didn't really get into the public nature of it. They actually really focused on the idea of his right to pray in private on his own time. And so I don't know how much things have actually practically changed as a result of that decision. I think it's a little bit more confusion right now than anything because the most controversies when it comes to religion in schools is parents and students objecting that religion is being pushed or their religion is being diminished by the governmental entity, the school. I don't know that there was much controversy about teachers praying in private on their own time. So I don't know if that decision, how much it practically changed things. And then speaking of practicalities, another aspect of this is how the First Amendment works. You know, so sometimes just saying, hey, you're violating my First Amendment rights, we'll get a district to back off. Just citing it is enough. But if the district feels confident that they're in the right place on this, that they understand what the rules are and that they have the right to do this, it's not fast. It's not an immediate process. So in the Kennedy case, that issue came to a head in the fall of 2015. We got the decision reinstating the teacher, basically saying he should be reinstated, in June of 2022. So it can take a long time if someone's in a gray area. So it not sound like a broken record, but it's important to get some analysis and to go through the actual facts of the case specifically to make sure people understand where they are and what they're dealing with before they make any decisions. Are there any rules that a teacher should keep in mind when sharing their opinions and concerns in a public forum? Well, I think you know, I'm reluctant to give two specifics. Again, you really have to analyze the case. Um, so every fact is different, every fact scenario. But the general rule that I think people need to keep in mind is, you know, the context. You know, be aware of where you are and what you're saying and what the audience is. The more removed someone is from the workplace as an employee, the safer they are. So if you're outside of work and you're not talking about work, it's less likely that you're going to be impacted. And the First Amendment should provide some protections in most cases. But if you're talking at work 
and especially even if you're outside of work, but talking about work and commenting on it, then as an employer, they may feel that they have the right and the First Amendment may not give a lot of protections in those cases. Um, to give it sort of an example, the one of the most famous First Amendment cases, uh, the Pickering case, was actually about a teacher and they were speaking out about a bond issue. They wrote a letter to an editor. They objected to the bond and they also made some comments about the district's handling of funds. They were disciplined, went to Supreme Court. Supreme Court said, no, that's a matter of public concern. If it's a matter of public concern, not about, it wasn't about that teacher's job. They were speaking about a public issue in a public forum. They're just like any other citizen. They should be protected. But analysis changed over time. Uh, courts have gotten a little bit more deferential to employers, even public employers. So there was also a case years and years later where another public employee was talking to members of the public. It wasn't a bond, it was an annexation issue, but somewhat similar about how they're going to be running their department. They were disciplined and the court said that's fine. The employer had the right to do that. So again, the analysis can get a little bit murky, but the general rule is if it's an issue of truly public concern, it's not about your role at work, it's not, you're not speaking because of what you do at work, you're speaking as just a regular citizen, then it's much more likely you have substantial protection. So what is the first step for a teacher that thinks that their rights have been violated or who is being accused of violating someone else's First Amendment rights? Again, that's not a good broken record, but first thing is to get analysis, get counsel from someone who understands it. Call your association or call legal counsel to get some advice and go through the facts of your case. You know, because it is something that there are going to be situations where something may seem at first glance like it's completely a public issue. But because of the nature of the role or something that's going on in the school, the district may see it otherwise. And we have to kind of plan around that and figure out what is this going to look like? You know, what are we facing? And, you know, sometimes in the legal atmosphere of it, you know, what is the state of the law on this particular issue? Do we have a case that's on point that we can go to the district and say, this is very clear. You shouldn't be doing this and they will back down. Or is it an area where we're in the gray area? Is it a situation where we don't have the most clear law or courts have been split on something? In which case, it's a harder decision for the teacher, but they should get counsel before they make a decision just to make sure they understand what they're getting into before they do anything. Because districts will often exaggerate when they talk about, oh, this, is, this speech would normally be protected, but it's too disruptive to the district. They'll exaggerate those disruptions. So better to get someone else who's on the outside to go through and explain what are we really looking at here. Is there anything else that educators should know about this issue? I mean, I think the number one thing is, again, just being self-aware, being you know, cognizant of what's around you and what's happening, how is this going to be perceived is always important, just as a practical matter so you understand what you're getting into. And then I think the other thing to remember is that with the First Amendment, you know, we, we focus on the free speech aspect. That's what everyone discusses all the time. But grievances are specifically mentioned in the First Amendment. So even if it's a situation where we go through the analysis and there maybe isn't the strongest First Amendment argument, it doesn't mean we don't have any rights. You still have the right to file a grievance, to ask for redress, ask for changes, or to object to the way something is being handled. The First Amendment is just one tool that we have. It's a big tool, but it's just one. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today and for so eloquently explaining all of this to us. If you have any questions or feedback, you can send those to com at atpe.org. That's C-O-M-M at atpe.org. And we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave us a review. 
Thanks again for being here, and we will see you next time on the ATPE Podcast. Thanks for listening to the ATPE Podcast. For more information about becoming part of Texas's largest community of educators, please visit atpe.org.